guest on this show uh that's the mr martin galinsky we'll have him come in at the halfway point mm. uh yeah i miss jiu-jitsu too man um i'm planning on uh, uh, based on what i can <laughs> page red said i don't even want to know man i'm not going to be tricked the internet seems conspiring uh, the internet seems to have conspired to show me penis pack picture after penis picture I will not be fooled. They all seem to be coming from Balu, uh, El Nino Sports Center. So it's like, want to see my new watch? And then, then you got to see the guys crank. And oh, look at this sexy video. And the girl's like, ooh, do you want to see? And then they cut in the guy's crank. I don't want to see that guy's crank anymore. I've had enough of that guy's crank. Thanks. <laughs> There's got to be one little factory run by this cat. And he's sitting there. Oh, I got it. I use a meme. I put the crank in the meme. No more meme cranks. Nah, nah, nah. I don't want to see it anymore. It's like some guy wrote me once. He said, Eugene, why don't you send me a picture of your cranking balls? I was like, well, hey, <laughs> we'll exchange them. I go, 
you got a crank of balls and I got a crank of balls. So why don't you just look at yours and I'll look at mine and we'll call it a day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that May 3rd, I'm thinking May 3rd. Now they're starting to get serious, at least in California, where they say they're going to give people tickets. And the roads are really, really, I was, I was out today. What was I doing? <laughs> uh, you know, some people have a Rolodex in their head of, I don't know, things. You know what I have? I have a healthy Rolodex of like 7-Elevens and dumpsters. <laughs> don't ask. I needed a dumpster. Well, what? Ah, I decided to get rid of large chunks of Ikea furniture. Uh, I hate to tell you this. Ikea furniture is not furniture. It's just a, a, a Swedish excuse to rob you. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. It's not furniture. And, and it, my total experience with Ikea furniture is that they let you get 98% complete, but you always will fuck up that 2%. So that what you then have is a living example of the ways in which you are inadequate. I don't need that in my life. So got rid of it. If I want furniture, I get real furniture. I get my friends to make furniture for me. If you have friends who know how to make furniture, get them to make furniture for you. Costs the same, takes a little longer, and that way you help the friend out. That's not the point. Top of the hour, let's do some commercials. I'm caught up on Patreon.com. So everybody who goes through there, you should be getting your feeds, which means, you know, you, the money that I'll finally see some of that money instead of $5 I saw in March, which was sad and almost enough to make me stop the show. Uh, I know you got other problems to think about other than giving me a dollar or a nickel or 50 cents here and there, but it helps. Patreon.com slash The Stomper. <laughs> I'm going through puberty, the stomper. Um, also, pinko95014 at yahoo.com is a PayPal address. A lot of you have been doing that as well. Tommy, if you're listening, text me your number again, man. I w- I've been trying to call you, but I realized I left your number in uh, in Fremont. That's a long story. It's 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 gone, and now I'm fighting with some guys in Fremont who are trying to, trying to juke me for 0.50% interest. And so I'm not going back to Fremont to get the number. So you're going to have to give me the number again. That's Tommy LB. Also, I want to hear how he's doing down there in, uh, in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Anyway, I gave you the commercial at the top of the hour. So where are we? Where are we right now in time? First of all, I had to go to the supermarket, right? And uh, 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 I have to get to the supermarket. And uh, let's see if I can I figured out a market to go to where I can lower my viral load. But there's another market that I, that I needed to go to where I, I'm pretty sure that if you're going to get it, you're going to get it at this. Now, I remember a friend of mine at some point, somebody said, if that guy who was a sex addict who favored third world prostitutes, if that guy doesn't hate, have HIV, no one has HIV. And this guy would actually tell me, oh, you hey, I got this new wave. I, I do it like when, when I'm having sex, I, I pull off the condom in the middle. And it's, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're just you're exclusively having sex with third world prostitutes. Why would you want to take your condom off? Yeah, it feels better. Okay, man. <laughs> I, like your, I like your short-term thinking, man. I like your short-term. And this is what we call foreshadowing in literary terms. So, so um, 
So this place is the place where I'm about to get the viral load. Safeway on Shoreline Boulevard in Mountain View. So I pull in. I pull into the parking lot. It's impossible for me to park as far away from people as I like without then having to walk the disease sidewalks of it. But I had to go because the gas station was I had to get some gas. Gas is cheaper than fuck. But there's still these desperate individuals who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's a point at which as an adult male where you go, you look around your place and you go, you know, why do I have my books in milk crates? Why? There's no, there's no intentionality about that. It kind of drives me crazy. That's why when you look at my backyard, the idea is intentionality. Oh, my, my, uh, my, uh, my, my guard. Hey, you want to see it? I'll show it to you. I'm very proud of, uh, let's see, I can do it from this way. I'm very proud of, look at that. Look at that. Look at what I got. Look at that. That's what I've been spending my time with while others are desperate, hanging out in, in parking lots, fist fighting with people, uh, or stabbing people like they did two miles away from here. Not even two miles, less than a mile away from here. They're like, we got to be, we got to live. We got to be free. I've been following these guys. Strangely enough, they happen to be friends with some of my offspring. What are you hanging out with those fucking, what do you know? How do you even know those pricks? How do you know, do you know those, those pricks over by the Woodland Apartments? Those morons are like, because an unexamined life is worth living. So what are they going to do? They're not going to fucking read. They don't play video games. The board with TV, when you are that 2.5% of that persistent underclass, all you have are each other. It's like, you know, my guys, the guy in the fight book where I talked to, uh, the, the, uh, the white supremacy guy who was in jail in Arizona. He's like, man, you never tell anybody when you're about to get out because they will purposely fuck you up because they don't want you to leave. That persistent under 2.5% of people, even if you gave them $70,000 a year, who resist, resist advancement, that's what they do. Yeah, sausages. You know, well, I, we'll get into sausages in a bit. This, is, this, this yard is a yard that punk rock built. Because I would always, like, I got it from Steve Albini. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it from Steve Albini. And he said, you know, uh, he had his studio, Electrical Audio in Chicago, built by band guys. He said, I always rather give the money to people I know than people I don't know. I said, I, I, I like that. So, guy from the band, I don't even want to say the band, you know. Um, the deck, the plants. Actually, I had a weird thing happen. The guy gave me a bunch of plants at the nursery. And I thought, man, I made out. God, this guy gave me a bunch of plants. I get the plants home. I put them in my pond. And then I see that the reason why he gave me the plants for free is because they have a, a virulent, <laughs> a virulent, freaking uh, opportunistic, non-native invasive species weed in it that is <laughs> completely, uh, but it looks nice. So it's like water lilies are illegal. I'm going down a path that nobody's interested. I know I'm sorry. I got. I got to do this. Water lilies are illegal. Mexican water lilies are illegal in California. Lilies because they're an invasive species. They look great though. So all this stuff was done as cheaply as humanly possible. Cheaply as humanly possible, and it generates food because we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's those supply lines shut. You go. You how many days of food do you have in your place? I don't want to get this prepper thing. I didn't intend to do that. Ben BZ is talking about. Best way to fight these days, I tell you, I'm doing a lot of hill sprints because I figure, you know, I'm going to go back 
and I'm 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 definitely lost weight. I don't know if you could see I'm lost weight in the face. I pro I the last show I did before the uh, they shut down, I was 222 sadly. My mother was emailing me about me getting fat. I I'm probably about 208 now. Running every day. I'm running every day. If I go back, at least my cardio will be good. I won't know jujitsu for shit, which is no different from how I left. I won't be strong. Ah, that'll come back. But the cardio, that's the thing that needs the time, and I got the time now. And uh, However, you know, they're morons in the hills. And even still, the people like desperate for human contact. Some woman's walking up the hill with her toddler and, and then her a younger toddler. And then she, I just stop. Go ahead. And so she's stand up fork in the road. She's waving and high and waving and waving and high, high, high. Yeah, yeah, high. And she gets down on her knees. She puts down a diaper pad and proceeds to change her child's diaper on the dirt path that is the only path out of the hill. I'm clearly running. She desperately wants to interact. Desperately. I said, fuck it. Just stand there. Whatever. Running spot. I can take it as long as you can. Your other kid's up in the hill. How do you know what's happening to that kid? Be yanked away by coyotes. Get out of here. I don't. I, I, something Tyson used to say. Five, you couldn't last five minutes in, 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 in my world. This is my world. <laughs> I'm an extreme, I'm an extreme mixture of, of, of introvert and, and, and opportunistic extrovert. <laughs> So everybody's like all tweaky in the supermarket, the viral loads, and I'm just like holding my breath and staying away. But that's no different from six months ago. Anyway, I, 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 anyway, I've got, I'm off the beat. I gotten off the off the path here. That's what I was doing before I got to this show. But as I get to this show, of course, my Twitter feed go, starts starts blasting with what's good. There must be something going on. 17, 17, but who is that? Oh, I see. Do you realize, I never use his name on the show because he gets too much press it is, but this is too juicy. Dana White, to not talk, to call, keep calling him the bald one. Dana White, the bald one. So maybe I'll extend it to Dana White, the bald one. But this is just too, too tasty to, to drop. Now, I've only, someone has only attempted to blackmail me once. And much like in the old Columbo shows where somebody's like out on some desert road and they go, now that I know, I'm going to tell a piece as soon as I get back. <laughs> That's a real simple math on that one. I think this woman was thinking about blackmailing me. And uh, but, I mean, it was a real minor league blackmail. It was like she was going to tell my girlfriend that I was cheating on her with her. <laughs> But we were out in a deserted place, and she was and she was trying to extort seven hundred dollars out of me. I know you have the money. I said, "What do you need the seven hundred dollars for?" Doesn't matter. I said, "You know, I took those photos for you." I said, "I never promised you seven hundred dollars for the photos. I give you one hundred fifty dollars for the photos. Why would I do that? I could do it myself for that much money." So well, that's what you promised, and if you don't, and things got quiet. You know, it's like that thing where you, where you get into a fist fight and then the air starts to shimmer around you. You hear that? And she pulled herself up just shy of saying, I would. I was like, okay. 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 You go ahead and tell. 
So blackmail is always a weird is always a weird situation. And much like like I've always wanted to get a a a, a public figure who gets busted doing something and then says stands up at the podium and they look at it and go, you know, you got me. And what? We've come closest to that with the uh, with the with the president we have now. So you got me. What do you what what? That those among us will uh, you will have no shame here. This is this nothing that is human should be foreign to us. You are surprised, and in fact, you yourselves are not surprised that the Baldwood got his hand caught in the cookie jar and his penis. That's not surprising at all. But the sex lives of billionaires, the sex lives of billionaires, uh, is always very curious to me. There's a billionaire, and and listen, these guys are touchy. If you've watched enough of these shows, um, um, if you watch enough of these shows, you can put together who I'm talking about here. I'm not going to mention the guy's name because I'm going to go into more specific detail. I'm dry. There's a mm, uh, okay. What does a responsible journalist do? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one will call. Mm. But there's a cat billionaire. And he's bought himself a, a hotel mm. and turned a very fancy spot, really swank spot. I, I have these ideas. I don't say anything about these ideas. I just have them in my head. Right. Well, I happen to be somewhere else and I'm talking to this guy and this and this guy says he, he, he has his, I got to take my kid from school. And he's talking about his five-year-old kid. And I'm doing that status thing. Like, well, he's got a five-year-old kid. You know, my daughter's 23, so I can give advice. And the guy kind of pauses. And, <laughs> oh, Garrett, you're fast on the stick. And, uh, and so I start giving him kind of fatherly advice. He goes, yeah, well, you know, my son is 25, my oldest. I go, oh, that's right. You got a 20-year spread between your kids. I forgot your son that he got, he got someone pregnant when he was in his teeth, 17. Now he's got his of your old son and you go where does he work and he says well he works at this billionaire's hotel and i go oh my god yeah okay now you can you can you can you can help me out here because i've got my suspicions about that hotel and before i even complete my suspicions what does the guy do he just goes yeah yeah i go yeah he goes yeah now, I don't know about the women in this guy's life. I don't know who he's surrounded with. I don't know about his personal situation post the I got herpes from this guy's story from the girl that I used to know who used to work for him, that he used to take to the top of the building and make wear a bikini when he uh, was taking photos. And then like he bought her off at BMW because she got herpes, was screaming about it. Then he tried to get in to see him. And then he had a security team take her down. I, I, I don't want to get into that. I'm not getting into the moral ramifications of that. But this guy, his big thing was like, you, you, you live in a pretty bad neighborhood, right? And he was really wanting to bone her at, in that neighborhood, right? Like very specifically, in that neighborhood. These are the sex habits of billionaires. They do things that maybe normal people don't do. So I always had my suspicion about the hotel. And it's like, yeah, of course. This way, I don't have to be bouncing around town. I don't have to go to sketch spots. I can technically be that I'm working because the part that I haven't figured out is how these cats, it's, 
it's I'm not surprised. Nothing that is human should be foreign to us. None of us, <laughs> none, none of us, none of us should be surprised. Right. However, when the when it plays out, you start to think, wait a minute, and life's meandering crossroads will take you a lot of interesting spaces, uh, places and spaces for. It. So let's go back to what we know. Some cat, Latino cat, whose girlfriend also happened to be a, 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 a unclothed stage performer, ended up having sexual contact with CEO of the UFC, Dana White. That's what I'm reading. That's me being responsible. That's what I'm reading. She, during the course of this sexual encounter, thought for posterity, the prosperity of posterity, that she would record the encounter for the future. It's not like the future wasn't every time he came to Brazil, apparently, but but she decided to record it. At some point, according to the man who's being charged with extortion, he was like, listen, Dana White, the bald one, you can't afford to have this out there. This is terrible. I don't know why she did it. I'm really concerned about her. <laughs> yeah, I'm really concerned about her getting this out. I don't know what she's going to do. So the bald one has multiple options, much like I did when I was sitting in that car in that deserted road being extorted out of $700. You can go the Stalin route. No man, no problem. And kill this person. It's the third world. People get killed all the time in Brazil. But maybe that doesn't fit in with your moral code, curiously enough. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's not part of your moral code. So what are you going to do? Now, you know what? I am a billionaire. I got enough. I, what? What? These are desperate individuals. Like a friend of mine, also who might have been mentioned earlier in this piece, one of his favorite prostitutes got murdered, and they found her in a 60-barrel drum thrown in the, in, the, in the brackish waters of the bay. And we were thinking, oh, how's dude going to deal with this? He was like, oh, man. Oh, man. And we go, oh, he's, he's pretty broken up about it. He's like, yeah. When am I going to find another $50 hooker? I, I'd like to, I, I, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to say I was making this up, but I'm not at all making this up. And this guy is not a billionaire. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tommy, I mentioned you earlier in the show. Uh, uh, text me your number. I got I to call you. I, I explained why I don't have your number, I, how I misplaced it in Fremont. Some guys are trying to grift me out of 0.50% APR. I'm not going for it. So I, I got to leave your phone number in that letter in the trunk of the car that I left in Fremont. Anyway. So he's no man, no problem is the first option. Second option is what? Pay them off. But you know how that works, right? And of course, the more money you have, the more you know how that works. It's not so much that they don't have money. <laughs> no, no, no. 
It's not so much that they don't have money. It's more that they, oh, thank God. Thank you for reminding me. Before I go even a second further, I think the guy who's going to call in is the brown belt, uh, uh, Marty G, that I do the JJB with. And uh, I know you guys are connected to other schools, so on, but we got to keep the Sorrell Academy open. So I got some place to train. If, if you were going to donate money to this show uh, for this week, um, sidestep side it. Don't send it. Don't send it to the show. Send it. You can PayPal it to uh, the Sorrell Academy. And I'm going to give you that. I've meant to mention it. And I'll put it in the, in the thing when I post it, have June post it. It is. Hold on a second. I'll give it. I meant to do it last week's show. Almost forgot with the juicy news. I think it's info. Oh, here we go. Info at Sorrell, info at SorrellAcademy.com. I-N-F-O at symbol S-E-R-A-O Academy.com. If you can't spell Academy, uh, uh, you're on your own. So, yeah, well, send me an email, Tommy. I, I need your phone number. That's well, what I was asking for. So, um, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I could have. Could have written it there in the in the comments, but you spelled Sorrell wrong, so I I, I will do it. Um, there he is. We're gonna interrupt. We'll get back to it. Uh, and you're on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So hey, I got a question for you. Uh, he's got a question for me. Go if, ahead. If I donated a drawing of some shorts, can we put it on that old dude that's behind you? <laughs> we call this guy Joe Rockhead. The fact that you would focus on that versus anything I'm saying tells the world what I say about the Sorrell Academy is true. A hundred and ten percent of the humor there is a hundred percent gay. I just feel like no, you know nobody's really advocating for that poor guy that you're flashing his. Hey, you you do know you you do know when they put this poster up in Germany, which is the first place we use it as a tour poster, somebody dutifully in a very German way uh, cut out every... No, they cut out every single penis in every single poster that they posted amusingly enough in a town called Tubingen. And there was more than one penis. Oh, they printed like a thousand of these posters all over the place. And somehow people thought it would make better sense to cut out the penises. I thought that was the most demented thing ever. Why would you cut out the penises? Uh, that's your favorite part. <laughs> See, I set them up for that one. So, okay. So you called into the show. Everybody's listening now. They're wondering why you've called in. Here you go. There he is. Uh, I have no idea. Oh, oh, I showed the wrong thing. Hold on. Uh, you have no idea why you called in. So you, you actually have nothing of, of any practical benefit to uh, contribute. Well, I was thinking about your your story about IKEA furniture. Oh yeah, I, I was thinking you're, you're the worst person to look at a drawing and put together furniture. I I can't imagine a worse person to be doing this. Well, I want to see some of your IKEA furniture. Well, you you want to you want to know something even better? When I worked at Nikon, oh. I didn't work at Nikon, the camera company. I worked. Let, let's get a laugh. I worked at Nikon Precision Inc. I actually worked at a company that was concerned about precision. And you know what uh, I... Yeah, I was going to say, 
Precision is in your strong suit. All right, so go ahead. Okay, so you know what I did at Nikon Precision Inc.? I worked, I was a technical editor for their their vast store of technical guides on uh, 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 wafer fabrication. I'm guessing this business went under. No, they have a big, big building on 101. They're doing quite well. However, if your phone fucks up or your computer doesn't work right, your chips are fucked up somehow, you got to know that the wafer fabrication facility that Intel bought, staffed by Nikon employees, they're using my guides. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine a bunch of drawings of penises are going to help them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I imagine what your manual looks like. Well, well you know, let, let, let's start with the fact that when I was I was there, uh, I wrote all the lyrics to uh, how was it? that guy? He's always working late. He's working hard. All the lyrics to Oxbow Serenade in Red, and I finished a long, slow screw there. When I wasn't being back, backed into my corner office and, and fighting off sexual advances. Yeah, those dudes are. That's, that's <laughs> you set them up. That's great. This is like Abbott and Costello. All right. So, uh, hey, so, hey, we, right now we can issue it to the public that uh, Marty and I want to do a JJB sometime after the show is over. And we want to do it via Google Hangouts with split screen so we can do it like we're in the same place. If you know how to do that before the show is over, Write it in the comments so I could figure this out, so we don't have to. So oh Marty doesn't God. have to deal with my it's bumbling. Never gonna happen. <laughs> are you still in your car? Where are you? Yeah, I had to go in the truck. That's where I live now. Yeah. This is the cleanest place in my house. Oh man, this this must be tough for you. This quarantine. Uh, I'm fine. Do you know what we're talking about? We're, we're we're talking about the Dana White sex tape. Have you heard about this? I have not. Oh, my I God. Can't. Oh, my God. All right. Well, look, I'm going to let you go because I want to get back to it. I only got 30 minutes left. Uh, I'll I... let you go. Get to your uh, man sex stuff. <laughs> and then we'll do the JJB after. All right, man. All right. All right. Good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So that, that that worked all right. So we, we'll, we'll, we'll have that again. Hey, actually, maybe we could do that. Instead of I let him in for free. Maybe we can have a bidding thing to 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 get to to get in uh, live on the air, though. I don't know why you want to do that. Anyway, so um, so the, the, you can pay people off, and the second way to deal with a uh, uh, blackmail extortion, and um, you know, uh, if you think how if you if you think how a billionaire thinks, you do understand that people largely probably you say there's a great Dom DeLuise line from one of my favorite movies of all eternity. The 12 Chairs, Mel Brooks, The 12 Chairs. If you saw Mel Brooks in Spaceballs, the only reason you should forgive Spaceballs is because of The 12 Chairs. And at one point, Dom DeLuise, who plays this kind of uh, <laughs> driven driven uh, uh, priest, uh, Russian Orthodox priest, is being chased by these guys, and he scrambles to the top of this obelisk or something. And he's on the top, and they're trying to get him, and he's laughing, and he goes, aha! He goes, why do you think God gave me the power to get here and denied you the same? And that echoes with me. And I remember that. I remember that. And I always think about that. And I know that billionaires think that way. Yes, yes, yes. Because they believe, really? 
Ah, probably saw it when you were like three or four, right? Anyway, they really believe in. I mean, this is how this is how people end up being becoming ladder pullers. Those of you who know the old shows know ladder pullers, right? Like people, go, I got up here by the dint of my skills and my talents, and I suggest you do this. A lot of things that had to go right. Try this. Try your father not fucking you when you were five. That had to go right. That had to happen. That had to happen, <laughs> you know, because chances are if your father did fuck you when you were five, you're probably not in good shape to be running any kind of company now, you know. But look, uh, look that, 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 that's not the point. The point is they think that people who don't have it, it's their lack of drive, their lack of skill, their lack of talent, and maybe a little bit of luck. And more importantly, if they get a free tip from which to extract from, they will never stop extracting. It's not like I can give them 70000 and they're going to be okay. It's not like I can give them 200000 or they're going to be okay. And this is why you should never, ever deal with extortionists, which might bring you back to number one, no man, no problem. There's never going to be enough. If you could give them enough, if you could give them a million, they're thinking, well, this obviously is worth shit. If I could give it a million, I, why, why not two? Why not three? Why not ten? Howard the Duck was great as a comic book. That movie came out, came out and tanked my comic book. I had Howard the Duck number one. That was my hedge against inflation. It was, I think it got as high as like $300. That movie came out, shit canned it. Anyway, so the third option, the third option is, um, is what he took, which is like, go ahead. And what you do when you know you're going to take that third option you got to go back and stage manage shit. If you care about the relationship you're in, you get in the car, you drive as quickly as possible, you get home, and you make that shit work, right? Because fundamentally, what you're talking about at that point is 50% of everything versus, well, you know, somebody out there is better, better than me at math. You know, what is, what is a what is, so you have a billion dollars, he's a billionaire, how many millions is that in a billionaire? Some of you smart guys can figure it out. I should be able to figure that out, but I can't because I'm talking right now. Uh, um, so at the very least, his delta is what? So he pays the wife off half of, of anything. I don't think it has to do with future earnings. Gets out of that. And what? And minus what he would have had to pay to stop the extortionist. Yeah, okay. So it's a really a small number. The numbers never seem to favor paying. In history of crime, we don't know how many things have been hushed up. But the only thing that really hushes things up is number one. And, you know, I read something once about, yeah, read something about the most effective way to get away with murder. And um, there are a couple of ways. One of the one of the ways is uh, a ligature. Right. A rope or or some sort of thing with which to strangle somebody. But there are fibers on that. But it's quiet, it's easy to carry, you leave it with the body. If you tie it a certain way, you can leave when the person's just unconscious and they will never regain consciousness. You know, your, your body goes away, they won't do it. And the other way that was suggested was if you use a knife, you leave the knife. Don't take the knife with you. The idea being to limit the, the biomass that you carry with you. I don't know how I got down this road. The point is that all roads seem to lead to number one that are not number three. 
In other words, any any attempt to put to de- to, to stage manage a blackmail attempt at number two. So this is where we go to, for the sympathy of the uh, sympathy sympathy for the devil thing because I have some sort of sympathy for Dana White, the bald one. Because whatever he tells himself to justify infidelity is stuff that I, I think a large number of men have probably also told themselves. The way it works, the way it works is if you're in high school, it's weird the way it happens when, when your sexual interests kick in. You can start going through puberty when your sexual interests kick in. There's a sudden assumption on the part, typically, of men that all this weird shit is happening and it's somehow attached attached to those people over there with breasts, assuming heterosexuality. They, they are somehow tied in and I, I gotta, I don't know what I gotta do. I gotta, I gotta say, and you know, and so you're just one of those people over there with breasts and some cat comes over and he's like, I, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, no, sorry, I, whatever you, I'm weird and uncomfortable. We went from being friends to all of a sudden I got the ook guy. Get the fuck out of here. So right away from that interaction, the guy feels like, man, I, 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 I'm losing this game. How do, how the fuck, and it continues. You want to know how to play tennis? Get a tennis coach. You want to know how to play golf? Get a golf coach. You want to go to jujitsu? Find somebody that does better jujitsu than you. You got a 15-year-old young woman. You don't want to deal with a 15-year-old guy who's mumbling and bumbling through just like you. You go over to the guy who's slightly older. Worst time in most men's lives are high school or college. Why? Because you assume on the one hand that the women that you're dealing with know everything. You don't realize until you get older that they're just as confused as you are. They don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, they they think they know something because they talk about game like we know something. Nobody knows anything. Correct. Correct. Super Jello is saying, I'm getting to that. So then you're bumping around, you go to college, and then you get out of college and, you know, your cardio kickboxing, and you say, ah, you know, I watched that movie Burning. You should watch the Korean movie. Woman made the right. I mean, every single woman that I went out with college in college, it comes back via Facebook. They've all said the same thing to me. They're like, huh? ah, well, he's good. What they're essentially saying is, we never saw. We saw this dirty punk rock guy living in a rancid garage and driving a rusty 1960s van as you in perpetuity. Never saw you becoming the guy with the kids, the the, the, the Berkeley, and never saw that. Hanging out with Bill Clinton, never saw that. Again, I don't hold it against them because what do they know at 18, 19, 20, 21? They don't know shit. But like Jim Carroll once said, you should have realized I was worth the wait. But now imagine at the end of that wait, that instead of just Eugene S. Robinson, journalist, I'm Eugene S. Robinson, multi-billionaire. Now, what Dana White, the bald one, doesn't know is that he and I go back quite a way. <laughs> he wouldn't know me from Adam. Every time he sees me, he has a look in his face like, huh, I know that. It's because you've been seeing me forever. <laughs> it's like, I kind of look, does he work for me? Kind of, 
a fighter, but I keep I keep seeing him with fighter. Who is it? He always gets that look. And the weirdest it got is when I was actually in his office talking to Jennifer Wink about them underwriting uh, 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 something for future publishing. He's looking at, he's looking up from his desk. Look, I know that guy from somewhere. At this point, you know, I've been a silent observer. I've been a white, the bald one. So, you know, again, not going to put the guy on Front Street. I've seen them post fight presses. Now they open up the post fight presses to the public because they realize they could monetize it and made it a news event. So they get the pre, they get the fight, and they get the post. It's a three-pronged attack. They can monetize it all. It's a good deal, and they can control it. But back in the old days, there was no control. And I, you know, I, I got my eye on that guy. I was watching him from the guy with hair and the blazer was about 40, 50 pounds lighter, was a golly gee willikers guy and really trying to please. And this sport is a fantastic sport to you, you fucking, you, you goof motherfucker. You know, suddenly he became a tough guy. <laughs> that happened. But that guy who was bumbling and fumbling through 12th grade, that guy never goes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that guy never goes away. So how how do you, if you're a guy who desire, desires to be normal and remain normal, how do how do you how do you cure yourself of that of that early stage inadequacy? Like I've said before, there are people who spend the rest of their lives getting over stuff that happened to them before they were 12. There are men who spend the rest of their lives getting over shit that didn't happen to them before they were 21. You have to exhaust yourself. Sorry for those of you who haven't done it or are in a place where you can't do it, but the reality of it is you got to exhaust yourself. Because you know and I know. Isn't that for tales outside? You know and I know you'd be the happiest guy in the happiest relationship and a redhead will walk by and you'll have that thought shared only with yourself. I've never had sex with a redhead. And you're done. Remember, remember, I have this chart, <laughs> another Pascal Wagers chart, which is, you know, on your guard, always on your guard, never on your guard. Um, let's see. And these, these are broken down in terms of genders. So if you have two, two, you have a man and a woman who meet, who are both on their guard, nothing happens. You have, uh, you have uh, a man who's on his guard and a woman who is not on her guard meaning she's open to opportunities that could happen and nothing happens. But you have a woman who, uh, 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 you have a, a man and a woman who are not on their guard. They could be married to other people, hella high water, nothing's going to stop them. An opportunity will present itself and, uh, you know, uh, boom. But if you have if you have what was the fourth option was a woman who's on her guard, which is how most women spend their time, and a man who's looking, uh, that's a pretty safe situation. She won't her her living will have to fuck up before she exercises it. Yeah. So 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 um, you got to exhaust yourself. You'd be sitting around, eh, you know, 
I've never dated a five foot five Asian woman with huge knobs. Maybe that. Boom. All of a sudden, now you're not resisting. Now you're open for suggestions. You're back in that Pascal Wages box. Oh, fishing in the rain. That sounds good. I was out in the rain, too. I was going to go running after I dumped that stuff in the dumpster, but I, I decided not to push it. So what do you do now? You're, you, you're past that stage. You got the billion dollars. What do you do? See, I'm, I'm with him. I'm backing up. Dana White, the bald one. I'm backing him up 100% now. I don't come to bury him. I come to praise. Because you should go nuts. Why in the midst of that, why in the midst of that do you, do you, do you get married? Well, for a very simple reason. Because all that mountain of sausage that you're sitting on is at risk. And you need somebody who can cover your flank. You need somebody who can cover your flank. So now you have now weaponized your cheating. Right? Because anybody who's earnest, uh, earnest and, and, and really actually exhibiting feelings of love for you knows that they have, maybe it was the kids, maybe it was like Bruce Springsteen with his first wife that nobody could remember. He's like, well, we should have a family. And she's like, I have my career. He's like, yeah, you're good. You're a fucking career. Your career is being my wife. Beat it. Sorry, my nose is itching. Now she's covering his flank and his sausages. So anybody who's serious about it, who wants the whole franchise, yeah, I know, I know. Who wants the whole franchise, it's not, I'm out. Dude, you know, you want to talk to me? Get divorced, we'll talk. So he's like, all right, well, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here because I want the five-foot Asian woman with the big knobs. I'm here because I want the redhead. You know, I never had sex with somebody who had a cross eye. I never had sex with somebody from, you know, but it's only where it starts to cohere with weird stuff, like the guy who had the hotel that I was telling you about. Oh, you probably live in a pretty poor place. Do we go meet there and have sex there at your poor place? Now, so to a certain degree, how long does it take how long does it take a, a, a busy guy to exhaust himself when he's not trying to just, just rub, you know, do so with a great disregard for his wife's feelings? How long does that take? Let's just say 10 years. 10 years of being fairly conservative because you realize at a certain point, even if they're, you know, even if they're not that great of a human being, they all want the franchise. You might be impressed with you might be impressed with your performance you might be impressed with that three minutes of of thrusting that that you call sex dana white the bald one you might be impressed with that you might be impressed with that but i guarantee you nobody that you're having sex with is impressed with that three minutes of lightning so mr doesn't read a book is it the conversation? Is it the jokes? I think billionaires are very clear and very honest about why people are attracted to them because it's why they're attracted to themselves and it's that billion dollars. So then it becomes all transactional. <laughs> then it becomes all transactional, which is fine. Then you get an Epstein. It's like, I look, I don't pay for them to come over. I'm paying for them to leave. I'm paying for them to ignore the in, inborn, inbuilt 
natural desire to own the whole franchise. Exactly. I had some woman tell me, it's like, imagine you got all dressed up. You got your hair done. You got a suit. You got your shoes shined to go to a big party. But before you get to the party, it's over. You would stop trying to go to that party. This was a woman who is still married, who was considering having, having an affair with me after she discovered her husband was having an affair, deciding that she didn't want to bother because she wanted to work on their 27-year engagement. But when I asked what the problem was, that's how she explained it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And maybe that's why the husband was cheated. He was wanting to get to a place where, like, he was going to turn out a 40-minute, a 50-minute banger. 59 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I got the, the dumpster thing. So, so 10 years. 10 years for him to, you know, the flirtation, to be in the office, to the bing, and then she's, ah, and then they move on. I, I read something. The average length of an of a, of a affair is 18 months. That's about, you know, the excitement, the thrill, and the cheating, and the blah, 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 blah. And then 18 months, you're like, Jesus Christ, how do I get out? I read that somewhere. I do, I've been doing a sex column for, since the year 2000, so 20 years. So somewhere I read. So then what does he do where he says, huh, huh, see, where am I with this thing? Where, where am I with this? You know, I got, you know, it's just, you know, some guys like to go get their hair done. Some guys, yeah, some guys like to get their nails done. Some guys like, to, this is just my thing, but I got to control it. I got to, oh yeah, oh, pretzels. <laughs> Thank you. I got to control it somehow. So how am I going to control it? Hmm. I know. I know. I know. I'll go to a professional. Like that, like that, bless you. Like that, like that guy who, who said to me once, he goes, Eugene, I spent my whole life searching for something. This is the guy, if, you, or you're, if you're familiar with Oxbow's Uva, the guy who kind of narcotic story was about, sort of, is in my story. He goes, Eugene, I spent my whole life feeling like I was searching for something. This guy had a great story himself. It was like a Goodwill hunting story. His father was um, convinced he was retarded. So kept trying to take him to doctors his whole life. And he believed he was retarded. Got mediocre grades. And he was working as a janitor at Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> I mean, it's like the fucking movie. And he saw this thing, and he took a test, and he got into Carnegie Mellon. And his father was like, the fuck, my retarded kid? I mean, his his sister is like, you know, a police administrator. I mean, like like a former cop was like, you know, chief of police somewhere. And, but they never thought of anything. And this guy ended up has like three houses in, in foreign countries, three houses in America. You know, he worked at Google, worked at, you know, YouTube. A phenomenal guy by all measure. But he said to me, Eugene, I feel like I've been searching my whole life for something. And I found it. It's answered all my questions. And I go, oh, what, what is that, bud? He goes, prostitutes. And I go, what? 
What? What? What? Why? Why? <laughs> Prostitutes? He goes, yeah, no, 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 I'm not kidding you. This is the best thing that I, I, I can't believe it took me this long. He was like, I think 33 or 34 when we were having this discussion. And he extolled, I'm not going to go into it, he extolled the virtues of prostitutes. And he goes, it's a clearly cut, I go, do you derive the same pleasure from house painters? And he was confused. I go, again, clearly defined job test. You pay them, they come, they do, they leave. He goes, yeah, but I don't really care that much about having my house painted. But sex ties and everything else. And everything that happens on a normal date happens in the product. You know, it's rare. It's never happened in his experience that he would come into the room. The woman's naked on the bed. And he just jumps on and starts fucking. That's never happened. No, you sit and you talk. You chat, you chat, you know, you talk, and then you have sex. It's, it's perfect. It's air. It's air. Airtight. I said I know guys who have prostitutes. Most of the other guys I know who date prostitutes, they, it's it's for them. The competitive issue for them is to have sex with the prostitute long enough that the prostitute stops charging them. And that's special. Then they got that relationship. But that fault is not theirs at that point. The fault is a prostitute who at that point is a bad service provider. <laughs> you know, you don't show up for the gangbang like this one prostitute that I know and get home and your dude says, where's the money? And you go, I forgot. <laughs> not what happens. So 10 years in, dude says, oh, you know, I'm going to go to professional. Now I'm in speculative zone because I don't know that any of this really happened. I do know fundamentally he was sleeping with a stripper who then was also a prostitute. That's what was been reported. Reportedly, there's a videotape. My problem with the Baldwin is you have a glow. You have when you have a billion dollars, you are a transnational personality when you have a billion dollars. You are a, literally a man without a country. <laughs> You're a man without a country. You know, um, you, I mean, what does it mean? Like that friend of mine, Wilka Sito, said, I think he, he killed himself, actually, recently. He said, here, there, why bifurcate? And he may have said that at, at the first orgy I went to. I don't remember. Things get all kind of confused in my head. But what does it mean? He's here. However... Tied to the guy who said he took the condom off. Not the same guy. Not Dana White, the bald one. Not him. But that guy who said that about pulling the condom off favored third world hookers. Why? For the same reason he was sad when his $50 hooker got killed and put in a barrel in San Francisco Bay. Because he's cheap. This is the same guy who had to chase the prostitute pantsless. He himself was pantsless. He was uh, uh, haggling with her. She says, okay, great. Take your pants off, get in the back seat. They were haggling over like $5. Never haggle with your prostitute. Take your pants off, get in the back seat. He takes his pants off, gets in the back seat. She takes his pants, exits the vehicle, and begins running down the street. He's chasing her pantsless down the street in Miami. His problem is, one, he likes to haggle. 
Secondary problem is two, he is cheap. If you're a billionaire, cheap is not is, is not is not part of the equation. <laughs> real to real. <laughs> yeah, nah, but you know, I was 18 at the time, right? So it was like I just did the math on that one. Got it. They're gonna be like six women there. You know how long under these circumstances it would take me to have sex with six women when I was 18? And they're all going to be in one room ready to have sex? No, man. It was like the Flintstones. It had like a little bird in the box that was punching out dots for the picture. Right. So, right. Better better Miami than Juno. So, why does the bald one, the guy with more money than Crocious, choose, choose a third world hooker? Why? Why? You know, there are, there are prostitutes in Vegas who have charged three thousand, three to five thousand dollars. I mean, I've heard. <laughs> he paid ten thousand dollars to a third world hooker, and you don't think that she's going to do something crazy? I don't know what that is in a local unit of currency in, in, in uh, uh, Brazil, in Rio, but I'm telling you, it's a lot. It might make you set your phone up to record it. And Jesus Christ, I would rather die than to see that video. I'm perfectly okay having you see it. I do not want to see the bald one getting busy. That would be the most depressing 30 seconds of your life. And you weren't even there. Why? That's a question I want you to walk away from this show asking yourself. And if you're if you're if you're if you're a UFC fighter, I want you to ask yourself why. What is that they say in the Bible? As you do to the least of me, <laughs> as you do to the least of me, so you do to me. I think Jesus said it. I'm just making that up, but I think he said something like that. Ordained minister that I am, Rabbi. Why? Is it because they have so many fights in Brazil? They also have fights in Russia. They also have, they have fights all over the place. Why? Uh-huh. Why are these cats, why do they eroticize poverty? Because, yeah, you should exhaust your options. That's the only way that you're going to be able to be a normal man in a relationship without having the, the, the roving eye. If you if you have ever, you know, it's like ever if there's if there's any T uncrossed and I not dotted, your mind will find its way there. At the, you know. You're late, aren't you? Yes, you are. Why? 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 Okay, what 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 might I eroticize? I'll tell you something else. I don't eroticize poverty. Not me. Not at all. We'll do close to home. <laughs> poverty. 
Because if you understand why and how it is that he eroticizes poverty, you might understand. I know, yeah, sex is about uh, transgression. And somehow it seems, you know, it's actually stopped me. I was going to have sex with this guy's wife. And somebody said something that was, was, um, uh, um, so, <laughs> and somebody said something that stopped me dead in my tracks. And it wasn't like, oh, the husband's such a nice guy. All right. Because, you know, she grew up really poor. Non-roticizer. Didn't find that sexy. What it made me do is respect it. I was like, she's married. Marriage is in, in trouble. Usually that's when they, you know, they see me, right? Bing! The fairy of infidelity. There he is. Facebook dude. Hey, how you doing? Hmm? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a marriage made in hell. The impoverished, erotic. But, I, you know, I've been broken. I never eroticized well. Me, I eroticize power. That's why I've always been attracted to older women. Because, like, when you're a kid, they have apartment cars and things like that. I mean, you know, forget about the fact that my wife is 21 years younger than me. That You know, that's how you know it's love. Because in general, this is my age or older, huh? They have things. Power. Power. I eroticize power. But I'm going to make the claim that there's something morally wholesome about the eroticization, the eroticization, eroticization of power versus poverty, which is fundamental powerlessness. It's like the same kind of guy that goes that, that you know declares himself a pedophile. If you can't increase your power in real world terms up here, then you go down here. For those just listening on the radio, I'm raising and lowering my hand. So the thing is, where we I entered this show, a willing defender. Of Dana White, the bald one. Because who among us? Who among us? And I end the show back to where I started on the bald one. Dana White, the bald one. And this is a man who fundamentally needs a lot of work. And he went to the same one again and again. Multiple times. Multiple times. $10,000 a pop. So if you fight for the UFC, you got to think that through hard and long. That means that woman, for the amount of work she did. You know, I had a guy, one of the guys in the, in the band, the Butthole Surfers. And he, we used to be friendly. And he was saying he wants to be the richest songwriter in the, in the history of the world. I go, how's that? He's like, well... Some guys will write tons of notes. And these guys were all economics guys. And if you look at, take a Beethoven, how much he made off of it when he was alive, he's actually one of the more poor musicians. He wrote tons of notes. His 
his her note fee is like minuscule. Phoenix. However, what about the guy that writes Nabisco? Nab Nabisco by Menon. That's three notes. How much money did that guy make on three notes? That's how I will become the richest songwriter in the history of the world. I'm going to write jingles. And as far as I know, he bought a ranch in Texas and went and did that. I don't know. I He and I are Facebook friends. I never asked him about this again. So you look at how much she made. And how much she had to work to make it. There was no fight camp. No. And it, and it works both ways, you know, whatever. I I have to say that uh, uh, let's pop boom step by five. <laughs> I get sidetracked here. <laughs> I was gonna start talking about infidelity, but I I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. So if you're a fighter, you got to think, like, what is, what do I, what the fuck do I have to do? Yeah, fuck, it's got, that's a good start. But if I was a fighter for the UFC, right now, in a quiet moment of darkness, when I was taking a real good look at my face, I would know one thing about Dana White, the bald one, and that he is unlikely to ever, ever, ever give me what I want or need, or more importantly, what I think I deserve. It's not enough for him to be up here. You got to get me down there. The, the oopsie is unlikely to fulfill any of your dreams. Two point five of you probably two point five percent of you probably yes. The rest of you unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. You know they say character is what a man does when nobody's looking. There you go. There you there you got it. And, you know, some would say, and I'd be one of them, he treated that woman great. She made more money with him than she did with anybody else. Mm, she probably worked less hard for greater reward than she had to do with anybody else. And outside of having to listen to his shit for those hour-long sessions, That's probably what drove her to try to blackmail thing to begin with. I got not because she needed the money, because she just needed to stop. 30 seconds of sex wasn't enough. The talking was what kills you. And yet still something in her rebelled. What was it? The idea that he eroticized a place that she never wanted to be, didn't want to go, and didn't want to be there. And that's a hand that you want to bite. That's a hand that you want to bite. So this, if you learn nothing from this show, 
It's a meditative thing. It's a meditative thing. Just think about it. Specifically, if you're a fighter. Who gets off on fucking over the little guy. Not me. If I were in that position, I want to see you buy a house. I want to see you be able to pay for your college kids. I want all boats to rise because then the party makes sense. So anyway, I'm a little bit over, eight minutes over. Remember, go back in the comments. Even if you give a dollar, let's create of the, the pirate ship that's Sorrow Academy. Someplace I can continue to train after the shutdown thing is over if I survive it. I'm most worried about my trip today. That was madness. I think I would have had a better time. Yeah. And the thing is, you, you can't tell me there aren't good prostitutes in Las Vegas. Ones who could be bothered to keep their mouth shut, but he didn't go for them. He did not. And why he did not is the key to understanding that man in total. Just my idea. Anyway, this is V108. Next up, on Tuesday, you have, uh, uh, what do we do? We got the second half of uh, Let It Roll podcast. The portal that you can get to that show through will be via uh, uh, If the Shoes Fit, where we talk about non-MMA topics. <laughs> if you see me running, don't say shit. <laughs> do not say shit. Oh, look. Mm. So Rao is texting me before the show is over. Let's see if he's saying, thanks, Eugene, for, for mentioning the URL so people could donate money to the show. Um, no, he, he's obsessed with coronavirus. It was about coronavirus. So um, donate if you can. Tuesday night, the sex column hasn't run yet. I guess it's Monday, Sexy Monday. It'll run tomorrow. I had a busy week. If you look through the Twitter feed, you can see the older stuff that I ran, all the articles that I wrote. I shit can the one about the reprisal killings because I hated their edit of it. So sorry. Sorry. It's a great story. Read about pistol pistol. I'm really I'm not gonna tweet it out. I'm gonna make believe it doesn't exist. I don't like their edit on it, so whatever. They gotta do what they gotta do, so do I. So we'll see you Tuesday if you're still alive. If I'm still alive, we'll do that show. Some articles, Sexy Monday tomorrow. Follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, which I imagine many of you already do. So you can follow up. I'll tweet it out. Or I haven't figured out Instagram. I follow somebody. I okay somebody to follow me. And next up, it says, hey, do you want to follow them? So they either have capped me without notifying me. I just can't figure out how it works. Sorry. Little old guy stuff. Did you want to read that? Really? Oh, man. Let's see. I wonder if I can send you the original. Let me see if I can find the original and I'll post, I'll post it free, free them, them mastering edit, and then I'll do it. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I'm 11 minutes over now. I'll see you guys next week. Until then, look what you made me do! Yeah. <laughs>